Cheesehead. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. I want to first start off talking about a little bit about what Matt LaFleur had to say in his Wednesday presser. I was waiting to record this uh, until that presser was done. And LaFleur brought up something that obviously I guess I didn't realize, and I don't know if the beat reporters realize it. I don't think I've seen anybody write about it, um, and I'm sure they will now. Uh, but he brought up the fact that they've done more live reps, um, more live plays and so forth this year um, than they've done in any year since he's been a head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and meaning that the practices are longer. They're doing you know more practicing of, of plays and so forth. And he said, maybe that's the reason why you've seen such improvement throughout the year uh, with this football team, because they're practicing more than they've ever practiced. And, uh, you know, it gets you thinking about, okay, so previously it was Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of veterans uh, that were learning his offense, obviously, uh, but at the same time, they're vets, right? So uh, you're probably not going to want to overwork a vet. Um, probably definitely not going to want to overwork the superstar MVP caliber quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, who I'm sure in his mind doesn't need to practice because he's great. Um, so you probably don't get that necessarily. Uh, so you kind of got to pull back the reins um, and kind of go by kind of what they want to do to a certain degree. When you're a first year head coach that has no resume whatsoever, other than being an assistant in the NFL, you bow down to uh, you know, the vets on the team. And obviously it worked, right? 13 and 3, 13 and 3, 13 and 3, uh, conference championship game, so forth. They lost. Uh, but either way, very, very successful up until that last season with Aaron Rodgers when they missed uh, the playoffs, uh, played at a high level. Now, when you're Matt LaFleur and his coaching staff, now you get a bunch of young dudes who don't know any different, right? Uh, the first and second year guys haven't really been in. Well, the first year guys haven't been in the league at all. The second year guys kind of know what it was like last year, but face facts. I mean, that wasn't exactly uh, a relationship that wasn't rocky at times uh, with those young receivers having to deal with Aaron Rodgers uh, throughout the course of the season. So now you have the opportunity uh, to get some actual playing time on Sunday uh, and you can earn it on the practice field. And, and look at a guy like Bo Melton, right? who'd been sitting over there in that practice squad and finally earned his way up. And he earned his way up because of what he was doing on scout team uh, with Sean Clifford, the backup quarterback. That's how he got activated on a Sunday because he impressed him enough to give him, give him a shot. That's the type of stuff that for me, at least I love to hear that type of stuff. Like I, I just, I just love it because that's what you want. You, you want it to be a situation where if I work hard and I bust my butt and if I'm talented, I can get a shot to play on a on a given Sunday as long as you know I do things the right way and go about my business. And I think that's a great model uh, for success as well. Uh, really putting a spotlight on how important practice is uh, for this football team week to week. And in a weird way, you know, it probably gets guys to push a little bit harder when you see examples uh, of guys that weren't playing that all of a sudden are playing now because of what was happening in practice. So. I like that. The interesting thing in all of this will be, you know, will we see this same type of practice schedule next year uh, when these guys now have had a full season? Will he continue to do this next year with the same group? I think there might be some uh, thought to the idea of, well, okay, they know what they're doing now. They all understand maybe how to read defenses and, uh, you know, checks and all this other stuff. So 
Maybe we don't have to have as long of practices. Maybe we don't have to have as many live reps next year uh, like we did this year because they all have that experience now in this offense that clearly was clicking at the end of the year. So, you know, we can pull back a little. I think that probably enters into the conversation uh, would be my guess as you head into next season. Uh, My thought on this, regardless of what happens, I want to clarify this. So let's say the Packers beat the Niners, beat the Bucs or the Lions. They go and they win the Super Bowl. They win the whole thing. They're champions. They're the best. My opinion will not change on what I'm about to say, regardless of what happens. Regardless if they lose to San Francisco and they're out, or if they go win the Super Bowl, my opinion does not change. I think, still and yet, next year, your practice schedule is the exact same uh, that it was this year. You try and run as many practice reps as you did uh, this year, next season. The same way. You do the same thing. Uh, Because, again... Well, yes, they're starting to become a little bit more polished. None of these dudes at tight end or wide receiver, none of them, right, are finished products, right? Randall Cobb has been a finished product for a while. Alan Lazard has been a finished product for a while. Devontae Adams, I think, has been a finished product for a while. As Gary Ellerson always used to say, you know, some guys are just who they are, and you're not going to get them probably much better than what they are. They've kind of reached their ceiling, and this is it. I don't think that's necessarily the case for the Green Bay Packers on offense. I don't think we really know what the ceiling for Luke Musgrave is at this point. I think everybody underprojected what Kraft was, uh, and God only knows how good he can be next year. Dontavian Wicks, I don't think anybody was talking about Devontae Adams comparisons and all this other stuff necessarily coming into the year. Um, so I think we still have to see what his ceiling looks like. I still don't know about Romeo Dobbs. He had a big week this last week. But but going into that game, I think if you made a, a, a stack of wide receivers, like a depth chart of like who's the best to, to the be, uh, to the to the bottom, Dobbs, Ryan Horvath, and I did think did this, and I did this a couple of weeks ago. I think Dobbs was like four or five when we went through uh, and built that list, and then he has a huge week. So uh, Christian Watson, there's no way he's polished. He can't stay on the football field for an entire season. Uh, so he definitely still needs the reps uh, when healthy. That's why I say I think you continue to go about this aggressively from a practice standpoint like you did this year, next year. The other part about this is is you may have a rookie offensive lineman or two uh, on that offensive line to kind of deal with next year that also probably are going to need the reps moving forward. And you want Lucas Van Ness to get as many reps uh, next year as possible. Uh, Or maybe another edge rusher, you know, uh, with Engelbari now done for the year, that probably means he's probably going to miss, I would have guessed, uh, some of next year uh, as well. Because now that's usually a nine or ten month uh, injury. So that puts him back somewhere uh, in the area of you know late September, mid-October, if everything is perfect coming off of that ACL injury. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but that means a lot of these other guys, and I'm assuming they'll draft another edge rusher, uh, we'll get some bonus reps uh, in training camp and in the regular in preseason, going into the regular season until Angabari is back. Uh, so you want to get them reps. The offensive line, I keep seeing people saying, wow, they're not going to draft offensive line. Guys, huh. I mean, Adam Stenovich said Rasheed Walker pretty much is a long way from being the everyday left tackle going forward on this team. Like, he still has a bunch of stuff he has to improve on before Adam Stenovich, offensive coordinator, feels comfortable saying, yep, he's our guy for 10 years. You have David Bakhtiari coming back, but you're you're going to, I think the mock draft where they have them right now, I think the Packers are, what, 25 or something like that uh, as we sit going into this game. So there's going to be an offensive tackle or two 
probably, sitting there at the end of the first round. There's definitely going to be guards, offensive guards, at the end of the first round. Uh, there's probably going to be a cornerback or two or three uh, that might be considered uh, there at the end of the first round. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this Packers team, you know, maybe goes uh, cornerback in the first round and then comes back and takes an offensive tackle in the second round. And maybe they take a safety in the second round. They come back and they take a guard in the third round. And then they come back maybe uh, and take another cornerback in the third round or something along those lines, some type of mix there. Well, I, I totally expect them to draft at least two offensive linemen in the first three rounds of the draft coming up in April. And maybe, look, if you take a, a, a offensive lineman in the second round, I think the assumption is that person is going to come in and start. And as I've been noodling this, leading up to this Niners game, as far as what this offensive line could look like uh, going into next year, obviously I think John Runyon is gone. Uh, and then your decision has to be Zach Tom, who's played really, really well at right tackle. Do you leave him there? Do you move him into guard? and start a rookie uh, at the right tackle position? Uh, or is Bakhtiari your left tackle and Rasheed Walker slides over to the right side uh, and Zach Tom slides into guard? Does Zach Tom slide into center and you move Josh Myers or don't bring Josh Myers back? Um, and Zach Tom is your starting center? Uh, and then Sean Ryan is your right guard? They, they just have a lot of options. And while this offensive line is playing really, really well right now, especially the pass blocking, and they're getting better at run blocking, obviously, uh, I just, me personally... I don't feel like I am 1,000% sold that this offensive line is going to block for Jordan Love for the next five to ten years. I still think there is room for improvement, especially if David Bakhtiari uh, isn't a part of the future of this organization kind of going forward. I don't still feel comfortable with Rasheed Walker necessarily uh, at left tackle. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that a rookie or two may be on this offensive line next year uh, in week one. have to wait and see how that all plays out. But uh, a very critical piece of how good this offense can be is that offensive line, as Matt LaFleur pointed out in the press conference, as far as, listen, he can throw the ball if he's on his back. Y'all got to protect him. And they have. They did a hell of a job uh, this last week against Dallas, and it gets tougher this week against the San Francisco 49ers for certain. All right, let's take a quick time up. Come back on the other side. Uh, and, of course, still much, much more to get into. A, a lot of talk... Uh, about Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, and that's been ongoing. But I saw a video that really got me thinking about something. I'll tell you what that is. Coming up next here on Curtin Long, don't forget, download it on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast. And, of course, you can also check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Like, subscribe, follow, hit that bell for notifications. Back after this.